Hi, and welcome to the Hollywood Dreammaker Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Gallo. I'm a 35-year veteran actor. I'm the kid who came out to Hollywood with 200 bucks in my pocket and a one-way ticket when I was 18. Didn't know a soul out here, and I've been living my dream ever since. I've had an amazing career. I've been an Academy Award-winning film, blockbuster film, hit TV series. You name it, I've done it, and I got the IMDB credits to prove it. Six years ago, I opened up my own school, the Manhattan Actor Studio, where I found my true passion. That's teaching the craft of acting, but not only teaching the craft of being the guy. Success leaves clues. I know how to make dreams a reality. I did it for myself, and I do it on a daily basis for my students. And I can help you achieve yours. Welcome to my podcast. Let's get started. All right, welcome back to Hollywood Dreammaker. I am super excited about my next guest, Brian Goodman. He's a very talented actor, writer, producer, director. I mean, this guy, you name it, he's done it. You may know him from Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift, Catch Me If You Can. He was a series regular on Rizzoli and Isles, directed and written the film Black Butterfly. He's written and directed a film called What Doesn't Kill You with Mark Ruffalo and Ethan Hawke. Welcome, Brian. Welcome to the show. How are you, brother? Hey, Billy. It's good to see you, man. It's, it really is. It's been a bit. It's been a yeah. minute. Yeah, it sure has. So how's life treating you during these crazy times we're living in these days? How you holding up? Where, where are you? Well, right now in Los Angeles, you know, my place over here in um, you know, right now, it's okay, right? It's minute by minute with these challenging um, times, right? Uh, feel a little stagnant. It's like Groundhog Day. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, just trying to keep the mind right, keep the mind quiet and um, show up. The kids are healthy. Family's good. Well, all the important stuff's intact. Yeah, thank God. Right. Do you have two kids? Two sons, yeah, 38. 38 is the oldest, my Brian. Wow. Yeah, 32, my youngest, uh, four grandkids. Wow, can you believe it, Billy? Me and you were kids yesterday. We're talking grandkids. Giant <laughs> <laughs> flowers, brother. Yeah, it sure does. I was, I was trying to think back, like, you know, how long ago did we meet? And I think we met in acting class. That's right. Yeah, we, we were studying back then. That's, like, that's right. I don't know. That must have been like 30 years ago, 20s. <laughs> Yeah, it's it was at least because when I come out, to, I get at this a little later. You you were already in the game here, and I get out here around two thousand with no agent, no nothing, nowhere. But I found a, a class that I, I just liked. Uh, that's right, Candace Silver. That's Studio. right. Yeah. yeah, I liked her take on it, bringing real human behavior because everybody should believe that their coach and who they're studying what's the best, right? And so I was auditing like one of my first. And she said something about bringing real human behavior to a scene. And that was just enough for me to hear. It wasn't nothing profound. It wasn't just too much, but that caught my attention. So I gone there and then you showed up there and I was drawn to you, you know, just uh, the realism of it. And we connected right there and we chat and talk. And then, you know, we're in the path of the pursuit. Right. And then um, now here we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really amazing. You know, I had been in the game. You know, I came out to Hollywood with 200 bucks in my pocket when I was 18 with a one-way ticket, you know, with this dream. 
And, yeah, you know, man. I've been blessed and I've been living the dream, but I was, you know, truly like, you know, I was working, I was living the dream. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when I saw guys like, you, you know, you came into the game, you know, you were new on the block, you know, but there yeah. was something about you. Like you said, it was this, there was something real. It was like, wow, this guy yeah, is yeah. really interesting. He's real. You know, there were a lot of actors acting, yeah. but, you know, I remember when I got a chance, I mean, we did a scene, I, I forget, it was like, I think it was from, um, it was the Pacino De Niro thing. Um, right, right, did, that's right. Like that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what we yeah. did. And, <laughs> Why and not? Got to take a shot at that material, even though, right? Why not? They're not going to cast me and you as far as come, so we might as well do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I but that was fun. Was Those were awesome. good times. Yeah, yeah, good times, man. But, you know, you. I wanted to have you on the show because I, I truly believe that your journey, you know, I, I created the show because it's about the dream, you know, the Hollywood dream. You know, there's so many yeah. people that come out and they have this dream and, and you know, you did it. You came out. And you, you know, you know what I think would be important to say, Billy, is that we just like text and connected and we started a chat. Right. Because this isn't no pre-planned out because I don't know much about podcasts. I've never been my first one is an honor to be on. And you said, hey, let's just why don't we just talk now? So here we are. Like, this is I'll no tell the story. I'll tell the story. Yeah. I'm not I'm yeah. not a social media person. I'm not. Right. On right. Yeah. I don't do a lot of that stuff. I got to stop saying yeah. that because I am now. But, yeah. you know, in the past, you know, I was a yeah. pri private guy. I don't want you to, you know, that's, yeah. I'm private. Yeah. But, you know, yes. in order to do what I want to do, to be able to touch as many lives as possible, I can't be private. I have to be able to share myself socially online yeah, and stuff like yeah. that. So I'm yeah. new to Facebook or whatever. But today yeah. you popped up on my Facebook feed and then it's yeah. you playing golf with Sam Jackson. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. My, 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 I, my spiritual advisor. And, and I Sam. see you and I go, oh, my gosh, Brian would be the best guest on the show, right? Uh, that's that's, that's that humbling. Thank you. It said, I said, Brian's got to be on the show. And I texted you. I sent you a little message, yeah. whatever. You returned it immediately. And I said, you know, give me a number. And we talked for about five minutes. And I said, hey, let's do one right now. And you were cool. And here and we are. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. But here we are. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah, you look great, man. You look good. It's been a minute. You look good. Yeah, you too, brother, man. It's yeah. been it's been a while, man. But you look great. And I, you know I, what I, I know what I do instead of go to the gym. I tell people I'm 79 years old. So they, <laughs> they say you look good for 79. <laughs> it can backfire though, because if they don't, if they believe it, that's scary, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, so I would I would love to go back to the beginning, to the journey. You know, 2000, right? You know. I know you yeah. like like me, you know, and you probably more than me. You know, I was I dabbled in my juvenile delinquent years running around Brooklyn and, mm -hmm. you know, wanting to be a half a wise guy and doing stupid shit. Excuse my friends. Yeah. But, no, yeah, you, yeah. Know, you know, it took an event uh, when I was 16. I saw one of the guys that I looked up to in my neighborhood. You know, my old man wasn't around. So yeah, yeah, yeah. growing up on the streets, I looked up to guys in the neighborhood, you know, the guys that had the money and the flash and the suits and the, yeah, 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 yeah. And the Cadillacs and they could get me into clubs. And, you know, it was living that life, you know, running around, you know, and, and it was really, I was going down that path. And, uh, you know, I thought that was the path for me. I, you know, I wanted to be that, have that life. And then I saw my best friend, you know, the guy that I looked up to get shot in the head in front of me. You know, he got shot and uh, it changed my life right there. You know, yeah. when, I, when I saw him laying on that ground, you know, with a pool of blood around him, I knew yeah. this, 
this is the guy I wanted to be. I didn't want to end up like him. So it shifted everything for me. And I, I had yeah, to get yeah, out of Brooklyn. I mean, when you just, when you just said earlier that you come out here with the, you know, not knowing back then, but now looking back with the courage it took to pursue something at 18 years old and go across country, you know, and being motivated by something like that, witnessing something like that, that does really happen where we're from, you know, and, um, where well, are you yeah. from? I'm from South Boston, which is like a two square mile section of Boston, you know, predominantly Irish. And it's like, you know, you're a product of your own environment. You know what I mean? If I grew up in like a fishing port, I'd probably be a fisherman, you know. But in South Boston, don't get me wrong, it was a middle class, blue collar, a lot of work. But there was a lot of, you know, dysfunction and alcoholism and just, you know, crime. It's an inner city story, just like, you know. Many, I got stuck, you know, um, on the streets, 12 years old. And, you know, it's kind of cute when you see that in a film, but when you have no way to brush your teeth and you're hungry, you know, you're going to do what you have to do. And you just start to gravitate to survival. And then, and then, you know, then you start to do well in that if it's made for you. And then there's a few bucks involved. And then you start to like, you know, live every day like it's your last. And you know, there's other people out there grinding and surviving too. So violence kicks in and, you know, and then, then you're rolling for a while thinking you're a big shot in your own mind, you know, and, and um, things were clicking on all cylinders, having fun, nightclubs, music, drinking, you know, and I'm, uh, I have no anonymity behind them. I'm a recovering alcoholic, you know, for 25 years. And it was a lot of good times before that kicked in, you know, and um, so it's kind of disguises all the nonsense that goes with it. And I was going too fast, too hard. And then there was an incident. Well, I don't know if you, you know, that, that, you know, I've been shot a few times. You know, you get older, you get sick of your own story. But here we are, we're talking and we're talking about well, the podcast. You know, people, you know, nobody's heard your story. So, you know, you yeah. know your story, but, you know, there's a lot of people that need to hear your story. You know, the fact that you got yeah. shot a few times. How many times did you get shot? Four. Four times. You know, but I got, you know what, I want to change the narrative of that because, you know, there's a lot of guys for some reason. It's very misleading because you're right. We're here to try to influence kids and dreams and not that they have the same background or story but some guys announced that and i noticed that in the world today that announced that as like some type of valid you know like some it's honor or something yeah. yeah like you know and like you know as i well i do come up with you from like there's something that was like i remember i used to hear my dad say you know people up there in boston sometimes they're more impressed if you go to walpole state prison instead of harvard university and it's like sad, but it was kind of true. It wasn't like he was wrong because it was like this like little, um, you know, we're all starving for some type of like identity, right? And if you catch a niche the way you can be like, you know, aggressive and survive in that world, you start to believe that that's because we're so thirsty for it. You start to believe that that's what it's supposed to be. And, you know, and, I, and I'm not a victim when I got shot. You know, I was aggressive and violent and I would have shot me, too, if I was coming the way. Because I was a very I was a very angry guy, very angry kid and very aggressive. So, you know, and, and stabbed a few times, all because of the game I was playing it. You know, it was a street game, you know, and, and um, I had a couple uncles that were killed in that world. And that was like I remember being in their club. Down, they called it the Mullins Club. And, um, you know, that was like you, you see the enticement of it. And it, it looks and feels good at the time. And then what happened, it was an incident where my sister was involved in a uh, situation and, and uh, I got a call on like a new year's Eve of 88. 
and, and she was in like a dysfunctional relationship. And my reaction to that was put me in prison from 89 to 94. And I didn't wake up there saying, oh, my God, what am I doing here? That was, you know, I'm no hero. I come from dysfunction. I'm not saying, you know, that you know, she just, whatever that happened. I'm just saying my reaction to the call I got was violence. And um, when I was there, I didn't say to myself, oh, my God, how did I end up here? I, knew I was there for other things, too. You know, no debts go unpaid, I believe. You know, in prison, there's another narrative that I'd like to change because it's only my opinion. You know, when I come out the first day, Walpole State Prison is like a maximum security. And when I come out of my cell, I know how to behave. Like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to run from violence, but I know how to. When I come out of my cell, I could smell the violence. And I had to go back in my cell and retie my shoes because I could, oh, wait a second, there's some. There's danger in here. You know why? Because it's all filled with fear of people hiding from life. Mm. You know what I mean? I remember why. And the only thing that ever scared me in there was when I'd be talking to some guys. And when I get out, I'm going to do this. But they don't really mean it because nobody has nice. It's easy to do time. You know, it's like nobody has a nicer car. There's no ego involved with materialistic things. You have three T-shirts and $20 in canteen. You're as doing as good as anybody in that world. So there's none of that go get, 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 get. And it's kind of like, you know, scary to see that a lot of people, they won't say it out loud, get comfortable there, you know? And to me, it was just a timeout. Because you remember when you were a kid and you get put on a timeout in the crib, right? <laughs> now it's the bars go to the bars in the crib, go to the steel, and they take out the rattles out of the sandbox and they put weights in. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of aggressive, violent guys there. But other than that, it's that infantile ego that we get stuck with. And next thing you know, we're just sitting around, walking around, like playing handball, you know, and the mother of my two kids was doing both of our jobs. Well, I'm in there, you know. Well, look at it. It was an intervention. It saved my life because I haven't been back, you know, and I went to my first AA meeting in there just to get out of the block, just to get out of my cell. And, you know, I've always been curious, but I've always wanted to act since I was a little kid, but you couldn't, it was different in New York. There was more arts, you know, a little more welcoming for artists. And uh, in Boston, if you said you wanted to be an actor back then, it's, it's like saying you want to wear tights and <laughs> dance around. It wasn't no encouragement. Plus, I was stuck in the street, so I wasn't going anywhere. So the funny thing is, it's like, you know, I, I, I'm in there like, wow, okay, man, this is crazy. Like, you know, I, I could get stuck here, you know, and I was kind of relieved that I wasn't there as long as maybe I should have been or as long as most guys were there, you know? So it was a good, yeah, four years, 10 months. It was like a good time out for me to take a good look at myself. And I had no idea what I would do. And like I said, those violence incidents that I was in early, I didn't think I was going to see, you know, 21 and then 25, Never mind. Okay. Now I'm walking out of there at 31 with everything I owned in a green bag. It was, it was a little scary, man. Okay. So cut to, you're 31 years old. Yeah. You're walking out of a maximum security prison after yeah. doing almost five years with your little green yeah. bag. Yeah. Where does the well, acting dream go? Well, how about this? Even more importantly, though, walking out of there with the shame and guilt is a failure as a father. So that was thing in the bag was that, you know what I mean? So, so look at it. If we're being honest here, you know, the first three years I was sober I was robbing drug dealers at gunpoint. I got right back into that world because I thought I'm going to be a hero by making some money and pay the bills because I was filled with so much shame of like, you know, my wife carrying the load that I, you know, um, 
I went out there moving, you know, and trying to, you know, and then I felt, I finally realized, oh, wow, this isn't filling that hole in my soul. The cash wasn't working, you know, and, and it got, you know, it, it was a lot of interventions, you know, not to get too spiritual or godlike, but the truth is this kid come in this cafe one time and I'll never forget it. This guy, Leo Rowe, he's a good guy. He was always excited to see me. I excited to see him. And, you know, he's, and he come in, he had no idea. I had a childhood dream of being an actor. And uh, he came in one day into this cafe and I was kind of in a grumpy mood or something, but I could see he was, you know, and he said, hey, Brian, they're doing this local film. You should go to audition. He had no idea. And I took the number. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like pretending I didn't really, you know. In the first three auditions I went on, uh, while I was on parole, you know, I got these speaking parts. They weren't like breakout role, but it was like a sign because, oh, okay, maybe I can't, you know. So what was that first film? Was it Southie? Yeah, and yes, that was the first one with Jimmy Cummings and uh, yeah, Donald I know Wahlberg. Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Jimmy yeah. Cummings. I remember when yeah. Jimmy Cummings came out to when my friend Robert Sullivan. They both came out from Boston to come out to Hollywood. Yeah, you know, yeah. hanging out yes. at my place, trying to show him the ropes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So you guys were out here and at it. He was the first one I met, like on an because it was funny thing is the lady when I called the number, she started saying, "Oh, I love the accent, you know, the Boston, all that." And so then when I go the next day, like, talk about the ego, it's funny. She hands me the page. Oh, this is the guy. Says, well, he doesn't say anything. You told me you like the accent. <laughs> and then Jimmy Cummins come in with the director, John Shea. They set up this improv type of audition thing where, you know, the glove fit. It was kind of a street guy, so it wasn't big. But still, to act, people think, oh, you're just being yourself. It's, it's not as easy when cameras are rolling and there's people quiet, roll, you know, to not get caught pretending was the challenge, right? And they set up this improv scene and uh, they gave me the part. I was going to Atlantic City, even though I wasn't supposed to leave the state to see a Pernell Whitaker fight. And I got a call that I got it. And then uh, fast forward, Martin Sheen and Ted Demi and them came to town to do this Monument Ave. And I got a piece of that, which is a fun part, great time. So you got your and, tap Harley, you got your sad card on on uh, yeah. now. Right away. Thank God, because look, here's the truth, Billy. And to this day, there isn't a role. And I'm not trying to be too humble or sell myself short, but there isn't a role I've done somebody else could do. So thank God a couple of things came my way to give me a sign because I was heading on a, I was, wasn't on a good road, man. It was like, you know, guy once said to me, you travel down the same road, you end up in the same place. So, you know, the things that I was up to probably wasn't going to end good. But here we are. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it ended good. <laughs> yeah, we're on our feet. We're still here. I'm playing yeah. with house house money, 56 exactly. years old. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you live in the dream, man. I mean, yeah, you know, man. really, that's the yeah. dream. So yeah. let's go back a little bit. So you did Southie or what? What was that? 97. 97. Yeah, 97. So, yeah. so now you're booking a little role here, a little small role, whatever, and then yeah. you decide yeah. to make the move to Hollywood, right? Yes. Yeah, so, I decide. I come out here one time. I come out here with my golf clubs right when I was just about off parole and I shouldn't have been, but I came anyway. And I like the weather, the palm trees. I went down to uh, New York to do a little uh, looping on the movie I was in, and I said, Oh, wow, it has the same feel. And I didn't know what would happen out here because I didn't come out here to be a star. I just felt, honestly, I felt I was employable as a character actor, but I didn't know if it would work out. But I needed a a break from, you know, and I had accumulated a few bucks from that stuff I was doing with the from the drug deals. So I didn't have to come out here with that type of pressure. Got a small place in Studio City. I love the palm trees and I like to golf a little bit. So it was, 
it was like, okay, this is nice. You know? So that's that's when we met. It was yeah, yeah. It was like was within a year, within a year or two. It was probably two thousand one and two where, where you and I had met. Yeah, I remember that vividly in, in class. Yeah, in yeah me too. And, and we just kind of you know, yeah, neighborhood. I, I, I remember when you showed up right away. Right away, I felt. It's funny because, you know, you ever do those panels like you're doing a job and you're doing a film and actors, you know, they're on there and they like trying to see who can stick their head up each other's ass further. This isn't what's happening right now. I really did like you right away. And we could, you know, we had that common bond, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just humbling to see that we're both still here standing, right? I got to tell you, you know, I am truly impressed with your work, you know, your body of work no, that you've you. accomplished, yeah. the films you've directed. I mean, you know, I remember seeing What Doesn't Kill You, right? That was the title yeah. of What Doesn't Kill You, that yeah. you directed, and that you wrote that, and it was based on your life story. Yeah, right? yeah. Mark Ruffalo played me, and um, Ethan Hawke played my friend, who is now in Lewisburg doing 100 years. You know? Wow. And I'm here with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, thank God, you know, I... Uh, I literally started, pulled out pen and paper, it's the old school way to write him a letter today, you know? Yeah. You know, if whoever's- All behind, all behind yeah. one choice. For any young person who might see, you know, all behind one choice that I decided, thank God, because the pain in my kid's eyes made me decide to not do what we were going to do. And, and he went through with it. And I'm here with you. And uh, he's there. That's what it's all about. I mean, even in the yeah. craft, it's all about choices. Yes. You know, it's about yes. making those choices, those choices. You can choose to go this way. You can choose to go that way. He chose to go that way. And that's why he's doing 100 years and me and you are here right now. Yeah. But, you know, you're, you're such a talented director. And, and, you know, if the audience hasn't seen What Doesn't Kill You, you know, you definitely want to watch this film. I have not seen B Black Butterfly. I mean, who's in that? Black Butterfly, well, that's an interesting for any young filmmakers or anything, because I'm still, I, to the day I die, I want to learn and grow. I, you know, I, I think What Doesn't Kill You is a pretty good film, and I'm not trying to be too humble. I thought the story was pretty good. So, you know, to make a film is not easy. Nobody sets out, let's go make a bad film, right? Nobody says, hey, let's put $5 million together and go make a bad film. But they're not easy to do, so it happens, right? But Black Butterfly was interesting because... Um, you know, we had talked about something earlier that you went through with, you know, some that I'll let you say, but I almost lost my son about eight years ago. And uh, oof, it threw me in a bad, dark place. And I was unable to make meetings. And, you know, and I'm, my career is never in a position where I could just put off. I just couldn't move and function, you know, and, and, and it just got really dark and, and, and um no desire. So then Black Butterfly, years later, I got a little bit of juice. And so this guy was ready to shoot something on my phone, you know, I mean, not to pay the bills with it, but just something to inspire. And so Black Butterfly, I did it with Antonio Banderas and, and a beautiful guy and, and Jonathan Reese Myers, a beautiful Irish. Good actors. Yeah, it was, it was, it was and, you know, it, it was a suspense thriller, a different genre. But here's the thing. And this is I, I like the film. You know, but we went over to Italy to make it because of tax incentives. And it was a beautiful nightmare because 80% of the crew didn't speak a word of English, right? And I'm, you know, I'm on my second film trying to learn how to make a film and trying to block a scene. You look up and they're looking at me like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, but thank God I had this first AD who's a third generation for it. It worked out. We got to the finish line and he's not excusing, but. 
Yeah, we got to the fish. A good first AD. <laughs> oh my God. Translate. And then they call me Brian, you pazzo. Because I'd lose I'd lose my temper sometimes when I get in fear. You know, not at anybody indirectly, which was good. I'd have a couple of moments over here and I said, Look at I just care about the film. I know we're not curing cancer here, but I'm trying to do the best I can. And we're up against pressure in 20 days to make the movie and just like, you know, fear. Yeah. So it was um but it was good. It was a good experience. So, you know, we were in class together, and then you had a series called um, In the Line of Fire, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I got fire. cast in the line of fire, and, right. and I show up, and I play a wise guy who's paying a million dollars to have somebody's tongue cut out of their mouth. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> and, uh, and then yeah. there we are on the set, man. That was, that was cool, you know? Oh, please, man. Like, those, those moments... Those moments you got to cherish them because now we reflect and like, oh my god! But me and I—I I tell you one thing that I remember vividly that like we enjoyed it when you came, like just to be there. We knew that you know because it's odds that you know you, you're an employable guy. I'm an employable guy. Let's see if it happens, right? But when we land on the same spot together, we know okay, this is like long shot shit. Not that we shouldn't be working together, and it might not happen ten times, but when it does, we know as actors. That we're grateful to be there, and now we're playing with you know, yeah. right? Listen, I, I during my career, I'm just so grateful. Like all you know, I, I had to pinch myself. You know, it's like it's yeah, like it's man. funny. Like you know, I'm watching this video, of you and Sam Jackson playing golf, and you know, I'm thinking yeah. to myself, you know, I remember I was doing Who's the Boss with Tony Danza, and uh, you know, we had a you know, doing a soap. Uh, I mean. Uh, a sitcom, it was fun. It was easy. You know, we were in there for a few hours. We rehearsed, whatever. Then we go play golf. We go to Whitsit. We play some golf. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember playing golf, and we show up to the, the, you know, to play some golf, and Sylvester Stallone's, you know, there, and he joins us, and here I am. I'm playing golf with Rocky. You know, I grew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Me, you know, yeah. I got Tony Bantha and Rocky, guys that I grew up with, and here I'm playing golf yeah. with them. Yeah, you know? so to see you playing golf with Sam Jackson was I was awesome. I was like, I, it just put such yeah. a smile on my face. <laughs> well, Sam's a solid dude. I mean, he's a good actor, but even more importantly, like when I was going through some things with my sons, like you know, he'd get on the phone with them while we're out there. Come on, guy, they were going through some addiction problem, you know, and he would get on the phone right with them. Hey, come on, guy, you can pull out, you know, just with some words of encouragement and just, you know what I mean. Some people think that you know, celebrity and movie star shit it's like something that validates something but he's a good man good actor but great man and and you know, cool. listen i've been in the game a long time and i've worked yeah. with a lot of actors a-list actors b you know mm -hmm. i've been you know, all the way around and you know right. it, it's rare when you find those stand-up guys the real good guys that haven't let the fame go to their heads you know like it's truly true. you know they're just it's true you know, you know, it's a job, you know, it's not, yes. it doesn't make them any better yes. than anybody else. You know, I've worked with no. actors that they think they're, you know, the shit don't stink because, you know, yeah, you're the one on the, on the cast list, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. And that's, you know, when you find real people like you stand up people in this business, that's why, you know, you, you hold on to them. It's a rarity. It is a rarity and it's not like a judgment of them because I, you know, we all have egos and we get a little inflated here and there with, with the, littlest of things but it doesn't taste if i'm not striving to be a humble man right this isn't because i want more people to show up at my wake it's because it makes me more comfortable in life that i strive to be humble and i'm talking about in, in everyday life i mean 
it's film. It's it's something that was very helpful as a lost kid where I'd sneak into movies and see these movies. So I know it's important that, you know, the films are being made and everything, but it's kind of like a childlike profession, right? We go from playing cowboys and Indians to like, now we want to get paid for it. And so once people start getting paid more than they ever thought, it becomes this kind of like badge of honor. And it's like, oh, nonsense to me. I don't know. <laughs> if you're a good guy or a good woman or a good guy, you know, that's more important, right? Yeah, listen, for me, it's, you know, I have my school, the Manhattan Actors Studio here. And, and you know, for me, I teach my actors, it's, you know, it's playtime. It's Halloween. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, you got to stay in play. Yeah. You got to take a piece of your soul and hand it yeah. over in the character. But, you know, put on the wardrobe, put on the clothes. Yeah. You know, playtime, you know, especially in an audition scenario, when you go into that room, go play. Go have yes. fun because when you're having fun, I'm having fun watching you as the casting director. Yeah. If you're in fear in your head, or what, I hope they like me, whatever, you shoot yourself in the foot before walking in the door. I know. You know, yes. so it's really about playtime. Yes, and, why not? Yeah, you know, why and, not? and playing full out, you know, yeah. 150%, you know, because you got one shot yeah. in that room. Why not go full out? I mean, like, you know, move 3,000 miles. To come to Hollywood, you give up your family, your friends, everything to pursue a dream. And then when you're going to go in a room and give 50%? No, yeah, you know, if you're here, you might as well be all in, you know. You got to be all in and play full out. And then, you know, use, you know, what you got, you know, your star power. I mean, everything that's ever happened to you, that whole history, your backstory, you know, everything that you went through doing five years in prison, everything mm. is your goal as an actor. That's what makes yeah. you unique. That's your star power, you know. And if you can really bring that, I mean, that, I truly believe that's why you made you castable is because you were real and you had all this good stuff. You know, you didn't have to act. You could just be real. You know, you could play that guy and you were just real. Yeah. I mean, that's what attracted me to you when I saw you act, man. I was like, wow, that guy's real. Wow. Thank you, Billy. You know? It's nice to hear, man. More, I appreciate more acting, that. You know? Yeah. And even, even as, to add to that, not, but to learn and grow just as a human being in this thing. And to be able to sometimes get into, a, you know, uh, like, and I don't mean it in a demeaning way when I say childlike profession, but it's fun is what I mean. When you're in the game and it's working, there's a lot of mud to trudge through because there's a lot of bullshit. It's Hollywood. But it's fun, childlike fun, like when you finally do get to play. I remember just like the, the, the irony, when I told you when I first get out, I started to nail those drug dealers for money, right? And so one of the first jobs I got on that series you mentioned I had one day, and I was a regular on the show, but I had one day in this one first episode, right? And it was literally jumping out of a van, nailing these drunk dealers, right? So I used to say, I want to come out here and hear cut instead of under arrest. Do the same thing I used to do, but hear cut. I drove home, and I'm not trying to be too melodramatic, but I drove home from San Pedro that day in tears, saying, wow, I can't believe it, man. They just paid me, and nobody's going to pull me over on the way home. Nobody, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> And it's so, you know what I mean? The irony of like, okay, maybe however this is meant to work out was working out. Yeah, I hear you. Listen, when I came out, I was straight out of Brooklyn, right off the streets, you know? When I came out here, you know, I, people would tell me, well, you know, you got to get rid of your action or you got to do this. And I was like, Fuck. no, I said, this is who I am. You know, this is what makes me me. This is my unique thing, you know? So I played that up. I played every street kid, every juvenile delinquent, every, you know, but I was just doing the stuff that I was doing in the streets of Brooklyn. Exactly. And now I'm getting paid for it. Now I'm on a on a New York City street at 20th Century Fox Studios, you know, with the 
a, yeah. a lot. And it's like being in the neighborhood, but right? in Hollywood, it's make-believe and it's playtime. And now I get paid to beat people up. With mug Imagine that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm shooting, killing, stabbing, whatever, you know. Yeah. But, I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting paid to do that, you know. So it's and now, now if you get shot in a movie, they wipe it off with a towel. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to go to the hospital. You just wipe it off. They wipe the blood off with a towel. <laughs> a lot easier. So what's next? What do you got in the you know works? What do you want to do? Are you writing? Are you yeah, it's like we have this little film that was kind. Of, you know, look at the doors just slammed three months ago. You know, I'm a little superstitious of like you know, but because you know, it's like when it starts to happen, you can you know all them hurdles you get over, and then you're on set, and you believe it, right? But it looks like I might do this other film that was kind of moving in the right direction. The financing was the most important here, and then the next thing you know, boom, the doors all slammed. So it's almost like. Oh, okay. Wow. Really? I mean, this is a tough enough racket when it's moving full speed. Never mind when the whole thing shuts down. So it's like if you and I could say, hey, let's go outside and sledgehammer this wall down and it's going to make some movement to it. I'm not afraid to work, but this is one of those things. There's only so much you can do to move something forward, especially in a situation like this. So, you know, we'll see. I, I don't know. It's like, you know, I didn't know an hour ago you and I would be catch. So it's like I'm kind of staying in the moment. And just moving forward, I'm I'm ready and willing. I'm in a best best mental, spiritually and physically fit. No, physically I got to get better in shape, but I mean I'm in a better mental place and spiritual, so I'm ready to go. So I hope it opens up. You know, let's talk about that for a second. What do you do yeah. for your your mental space, spiritually, physically? What do you do? Yeah, so I'm part of uh, like a twelve step program in recovery of alcoholics. You know, so it's like you know, and, and alcoholics are not an easy breed. You know, we we're, we're difficult to deal with when we're not treated. You know, because some people under the illusion that, you know, and this is only my opinion. I'm not an expert, but I've been around it for a long time that, you know, some people, including myself, thought you put the drink down, the thing, and go get yours, you know, and then the cash and the career and all that stuff came. And, you know, if I'm not on a spiritual path of just trying it, none of it tastes good, none of it feels good. It just becomes this filler of the soul that doesn't work, you know? Yeah. So then that thing happened with my son, and it kind of just knocked me off my feet and um, broke me down into a dark place to where, you know, it's like anything they'd say that, you know, the touchstone to a spiritual awakening is paved with pain. Right. So I, I didn't go looking for a spirit because I was bored. It's like, Oh, okay. What do I, you know, I wasn't, I was desperate. So now I'm just like, you know, okay, I get it. I got to connect with, you know, it's not a religious thing. It's not this, that I just got to connect with a higher power. And uh, for me, you know, that's what I do. And it just keep that infantile ego because the ego is not always, uh, you know, oh, you're the shit. It, it can also come in and say, you're too old. You blew it. You'll never, you know, all these negative thoughts. Sure. And I do believe in manifestation. If you start to hang on to those negative thoughts, that will show up too. So I just try to do the science of like positive thinking and just, you know, and it's not always easy. You know, it's not easy. I don't want to give this portrayal of like I'm skipping down the street, smiling and hugging people. You know, it's it's like uh, I stay in the moment and just moving forward. And today, right now, I'm in a good place and rare and ready to go. But I'm just staying in the moment. The lights are on. I play a little golf, maybe, and maybe not. I don't know. You know, <laughs> it's all good. I got the puppies in the room, and, and uh, you know, the wife. It's, it's interesting, man. It's good though. It's good, man.
You sound like yeah. you're in a good place. You know, it's so, so true. I mean, this is, you know, the mind is a dangerous place. You know, I like to say never go in alone, you know, take a friend, stay the, out of there, you know, and really your thoughts are very powerful. And it's what are you thinking? You know, change your story, change your life, change your thoughts, change your life, you know. So yeah. I like to put a big ass bouncer at the, mind, the gates of my mind. And when that little voice starts to come in and wants to tell me, you know, you're too old, but the noise that yeah. I go, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to listen right. to the big me, the big, the, the, the spirit yeah. of me, that light within me, the power, the God within me. Because I truly believe that, you know, everybody was created a masterpiece and there's nothing wrong with anybody. You know, it's just yeah, these man. thoughts that we tell ourselves. So what if you started becoming your best friend instead of your worst enemy and you treated yourself with kindness and gave yourself love and, and started with gratitude and look at all those beautiful things you're grateful for. You know, it's really hard to be in here and in fear and all that other noise if you're, you're coming from your heart and from gratitude and being in love. Like the light within me is just coming to say hello to the light within you. And, you know, wow, coming from that, that energy instead of coming from, you know, fear, you know, or the noise. And, you know, it's just noise. So it's really about checking that and getting out of here and getting into here, you know, into your heart and, and coming from there. For me, that's, you know, what, what we're talking about, the spiritual journey, you know, like what you've been going through with your son, you know. You know, I mean, you know, like I was saying, six years ago, I went through a lot, you know, a lot of cancer. Yeah, people yeah, you dying, mentioned you know, that, yeah. I had a, my wife had a miscarriage and, you know, just, you know, breast cancer and, and just, yeah, it was like my beautiful life, my beautiful wife, everything that I've created, you know, I lost my 11 year old niece to brain cancer that year, you know, father to can't prostate cancer, you know, it was just one thing after another. And in that crap, mm. shit, you know, I planted seeds, these beautiful mm. seeds about this Manhattan Active studio. And beautiful things grew out of it, you know, where I get to be of service, you know, yeah, where I get to make a difference in other people's lives. And, and to me, yeah. that's what life's all about. You know, for me, it was chasing, yeah. you know, it was me, me, ego, ego, me, me, me. Yes, 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 yes. And now what I've truly found in the past six years, it's not about me. It's about how can I make a difference in somebody else's life? How can I be oh. of service? You know, I believe success is a spiritual game. And you, you want to come from love and really make a difference. And, and, and it's transformed my life. I mean, I've never, you know, I've battled depression. I've battled my demons. Yeah, my yeah sure. Yeah. And, you know, I don't get depressed anymore. I don't, you know, there was times where I had a real hard time dealing with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we talked about that yeah, years ago. You know, shifting that and just not, you know, coming from love and really gratitude, it, it shifted everything for me. And just really, yeah, like you said, being in the moment. You know, that's what it's all about. You know, you can't be in the past. The past is gone. You know, it's gone. gone you know, and, and the future yeah. doesn't exist. So, you know, be in the present and treat it like that, like a, a kid on Christmas Day with a present. You know, you got it. Yeah, you opened man. it up. You played with it. It was you were excited about it. Well, that's what today is. Yeah. You know? And being in the moment. And I think that's the thing with acting, too, is truly just being in the moment. You know? I tell you, the acting, it's true. But just to elaborate on what you just said, it's so important because, you know, there are people that would roll their eyes at that, me being one years ago, because it wouldn't have made no sense. And I hope they don't have to go through as much pain or resist as long as maybe you and I did until something traumatic had to happen, because we're not kids. But if they can just, you know, understand what you just said and embrace that, the road doesn't have to be as steep, you know? It could be 
it was just beautiful what you just said, and I heard you too, because there was a time in my life that that would have just been foreign language to me. Why that? I don't get it. Listen, and that's you know, if I would have heard myself, <laughs> right? That's what I mean. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> but I had to go through that, and you know what? I truly feel like what we're going through right now with this whole COVID and stuff like that yeah. is exactly the same shit. It's the shit, but this is a beautiful time to plant those seeds and really watch what you put in your mind and really envision all those beautiful things that you want to come in your life. You know, don't be in fear, be in faith and really start planting those beautiful seeds and then take care of them, give them sun, pull the weeds, you know, and all that stuff is going to grow and there's going to be some beautiful things, you know, uh, that come out of this. So I tell my actors all the time is to really, this is a time to train, work on your craft. This is free. It's a gift right now. You got to have a time, a little extra time. So Really read scripts, you know, write, uh, work on your self tapes because that's the future of casting, you know, really develop, yeah. you know, work on an accent, you know, whatever it may be, whatever you see yourself getting cast. And this is a time to work on that stuff. So when that audition pops up, it's like, okay, I know who that is. I worked yeah. on that. I know I got that accent. I, I've, I've been playing with that. I've been having fun with it, you know? Yeah. It's so true, man. It's like, <laughs> you just said something that puts it like the short perm, you know, to be in faith, not fear. You know, and logically that makes sense to everyone. Okay, yeah, simple. not always simple, but we found a way to find our way in. And I would just encourage anybody to, to really hear that. And then whatever it takes for them to find how to be in the faith instead of fear, just it's going to make things a lot easier. I don't know what it would take for somebody. I can only speak for me. I have to do my little dance. You know, if I thought slamming my fingers in the window every morning would do it, I'd probably do that. <laughs> But I have to do what I have to do to kind of keep the fear from boiling up and ruining the moments, you know, because nothing's happening most times when, it, when it's doing that. You know, it's just self-talking mind telling you negative shit. And I just have to go right back to faith and just say, ah, it's all nonsense, you know. So, you know, when my wife was going through all that stuff, you know, six years ago, she decided she wanted to become a yoga teacher and she started doing her teacher training and I was going through a really bad time. You know, I was having a really, I was melting down during, you know, the doctor's more concerned about me than her, you know, because I was suppressing all these feelings, you know, and I, I just seen people die and I was kind of losing my shit. And she told me about meditation. You know, she said, you know, you should try this meditation thing. And I did. And it took a while to shut down the noise and to get into my heart, but I really found a beautiful thing with meditation. And, and uh, wow. you know, I studied it and I took my teacher training and, and I teach it to my actors because I think, you know, in order wow. to be, in order to be a good actor, you have to be relaxed. Your instrument has to be relaxed. And, you know, the only way to, I know how to relax is to get out of my head and, and kind of get grounded yeah. and get into my heart. And it's really just a, a practice, you know, it takes a while. Sometimes, you know, yeah. to, quiet the brain but you know if you could practice you know on a daily basis just take 10 minutes just, just ground put both feet on the ground you know have a tall spine and just find your breath and just breathing in and out and just becoming present because i truly feel that you know all of the answers are right here within us but we have to get out of our brain our monkey brain the yeah. chatter to get into our heart and the only way i've found to truly get into your heart is to just sit in silence and, and, yeah. and meditate and to breathe and just in stillness. And it's been transformational. I mean, it's been a game changer. I wish somebody would told the little Billy, you know, the kid, yeah. hey, 
How about you take yeah. a few minutes and breathe? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was a go F yourself. You know? Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> That's why they didn't tell you. They might have knew you would have said that. <laughs> but here it is now, and it's make all thoughts create. So you know what, what I, I'm grateful. You know, I, I literally, you know, I used to think I was the victim. Poor me, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, I, my broken household, abusive, alcoholic parents, yeah. the, you know, like if there was a checklist of everything that could go bad to a child, I check all the boxes. Yeah, right? sure. In my whole life, there was an angry young man walking around. You know, that's why I was getting into fights and doing stuff. You know, because there was I had all this anger, yeah. and uh, I wish somebody would have kind of told me that you know everything that happened didn't happen to me; it happened for me. Like it made me yeah, who I am today. I had to go through all of that. To become yeah. the father that I am, the husband that I am, the teacher that I am, all of that stuff had to happen. So I look at all of that stuff that was bad as what right. a gift now. Like what a yeah, gift. Man. And I, I'm really grateful for everything that happened to me because it made me who I am. You know, I'm pretty proud of, of the man I've become. You know, I, I didn't, wow. you know, I'm a pretty awesome dad and I'm, I'm a pretty awesome, you know, husband. Oh, good for you, yeah, man. It's so good you know, to be able to say that proudly. Good yeah, for you. I, listen, I love my wife more and more every day. I mean, we've been together for 23 years, and, and you know, every day I fall more and more in love with her. You know? I don't want to get all mushy here, but I feel like I'm the no, one. No, no, yeah, you know? yeah. But I, I get that, you know, everything, you know, and I want actors to know that, that everything that happens to you in your life, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of that shit, that's your gold as an actor, man. That's what's your mind. That's what's in your actor toolbox. It's a gift. So when shit happens to you, go, wow, this is a gift. This guy just cut me off. I'm really angry right now. Remember that feeling. You may have to get yeah. angry in a scene and I can just go back to that event in the car you know, where the guy flipped yeah. me off. So everything is a gift as an actor. So become aware of it, you know, and look at it and, and be present, you know, be a sponge. Yeah. I want to just touch on what you just said, because like being a victim of a story, you know, especially when you, you know, it's fascinating because I think that's important that time that you went through that feeling like that as a victim of it, because I was also a victim of my story. And then I realized, ah, just what you just said, it is just a story. But in order to get to that place, I wouldn't have been able to appreciate that. It's just the, you know, the, the things that happened for me, as you put it, you know, if I wasn't attached to that victim period that I was, I wouldn't have been able to have that ah moment. Ah, it's just my story. Oh, it's, it happened for me. Like you said, I like the way you put it. Cause I agree with it. Number one, but I remember being in that and, and some people that are stuck there, like we were as a victim of it, you know, that's not a great place to be, you know, but if you're there now, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, be dismissive of it saying oh what are you wasting time for because until you break from that you know bless you because it's not easy to be able to turn that corner and say oh it happened for me not to me you know but i do reap the benefits of the just being my story now and not being a victim of it but when we were there billy i you know i relate to you know how it, how it felt you know because there's some truth to it you know it's like you know, there's some truth to, you know, being a victim of circumstance. But until we change, looking at the same thing and change how we see it, there's no growth, right? We're stuck. So now to the way you put it happened for me. I like that, you know. 
you know, that's what leads to the alcoholism or the drugs or the stuff because, you know, it's, yeah. it's numbing. It's it's trying to numb away the story. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, my fucked up childhood. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I got to drink a lot now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's some sedation. <laughs> sedation. Then it turns on you. It doesn't work. <laughs> Listen, I'm so proud of you. You know, the, the being sober 25 years, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. Oh it's, yeah, man. Thank it's, you, man. It's it's, it's a gift. Know. It gives me a shot, you know. It gives me a shot to just move forward and, you know, have the relationship I have with my kids right now. And, and it's just you know, how's your kid doing? How's your kid doing there? Both of them are great, man. Yeah. You know, I was just kind of waiting for that call again for the shoe to drop, and one of them's eight years sober, and the other one just turned eight years sober. So it's all been going good. But as a parent, you know, they're like your voodoo dolls, right? You're hoping they don't skin their knee. Now you're hoping they make it home at night when they get older. It's like, but they're doing great. Since then, I have my oldest boy has three boys. And my youngest son has a beautiful granddaughter who hangs up on me on FaceTime every day. <laughs> Pup, Papa, you call every day. Why? And I say, because I love you. And she's like, I got to go. I'm watching my show. So it's like, you know, this kid was on a breathing machine eight years ago for six days, you know, and uh, behind the Nazi continent, you know, like most people, you know, you either are one or you love one, you know, alcoholism and addiction. It's, uh, but everything's good, man. Today, right now, everything's okay. I got to tell you, your, your story is such an inspirational journey to, to come from, you know, where you came from to do five years in prison, to come out and, decide, well, you know what, I'm going to try this acting thing <laughs> and then pursue it. And then not only you were doing the acting thing, but then you decided, well, I'm going to write a film. You know, that's no easy task to write a film and produce it and get it direct, you know, direct a film and, and have A-list actors cast in it and make your make your own film. You, you wrote that. You wrote that ticket, you know. Uh, that's Listen, I, I've been a producer. I've been, you know, I was in New York producing a film. And, you know, it's a hard work. It's like going to war, you know, making a film. You know, you're in the trenches. You know, it's a battle. Yeah. You know, especially yeah, yeah. doing an independent film where you got 20 days to shoot it and you're under the gun. And, you know, I mean, I shot mine in New York where I had to deal with IATSE and all everybody teams, to, you know, that we're getting paid more than my principal actors, you know. So it's yeah. no easy task. But, you know, you've, no. you did it and now you've done it again, you know. And I really can't wait to yeah. see what's next, you know, for you as a director and as an actor and as a writer. And, you know, I can't wait till this madness calms down because I'd love to sit down. Yeah, yeah let's catch up for sure. You know, and I, and great I, I, you know, we got to work together again, you know. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't <laughs> be that be fun. great? All yeah. thoughts create. We can make that happen. We'll make that happen, man. Yeah, and yeah, I truly yeah. believe anything in my life that I've ever wanted to achieve, I've, I, I had to plant the seed like I just did. Put it That's out right. in the universe. Believe in it. You know, yeah. see it. You know, like I can do this, you know. I mean, I tell the story, you know, all the time is, you know, when I was 16 and, you know, after I saw my friend get shot and I was just kind of running around and I was and I, I got in trouble and my mother had to come pick me up at a police station. And then I was released on, you know, I had run away from home, I, you know, and now I had to go back to her house and I was sitting on a house in, in Brooklyn on the couch and I was watching a TV show called The Fall Guy with Lee Majors, you know, it was about Hollywood and stuntman. Uh, yeah, and I'm sitting yeah. on that couch looking at that TV show going, I'm going to do that. You know, uh, behind the scenes, you know, I, I'm going to do that. And my, when I came out to Hollywood with that 200 bucks, my very first audition was for the fall guy. 
Really? And they were looking for, a, the character's name was Billy. All right. I went in there, got that part, got my SAG card to my very first audition. Now I am on set with Lee Majors and Heather Thomas. And I, it's like I jumped into my television. From your couch from there, imagine the, that. Like I literally climbed in and here I am on the set. And, you know, it was a guest starring role and the rest is history. You know, it started my career. But, you know, it's truly believe that you can do this. You know, put yeah, it, you put that in it. and you got to You got to go after it like you mean it, like with a vengeance, like you're hungry. You want this thing. You got to want it more than everybody else. Uh, yeah. You know, yes. because it's not something you give 50 percent. You go no. all in, you know. Yes. And, you uh, drag, drag your feet. It won't work. Yeah, you know, and, and and I've dragged mine too. They say, you know, it's not all just gun ho. I've gotten lazy and stagnant and sure. discouraged, and we got to just keep trudging. You know, any of these young guys who are doing it, you know, I, I've always, you know, you get asked about, look at, there's more out here than just palm trees and sunshine. It's a grind, you know, it's like a bus pulling into Rose Bowl Stadium, and everybody's trying to get on that bus. How are you going to get a seat? It's literally like that, you know, it's, it's so you just got to be tenacious and just keep marching and, you know, it's all going to happen because, you know, whether it's supposed to or not, it, it's all going to work out the way it's not like, you know, I'm so inspired by you now encouraging help because this is kind of like a soul journey to what can I get next for work to employment, but to be teaching kids and teaching other actors and encouraging this dream. It just moves me, Billy. I'm really, I tell you, and I'm, and I'm not just trying to say the nice, right thing. It's just, I'm proud of you, man. It's, uh, you, to bro. do something for others is what really makes you feel good. Not all the money in the world doesn't fill the hole. I've never been wealthy, but I've had enough to know that it doesn't fill. So to do something for somebody else when it's not easy to do is really where it's at. And it's kind of cool to see what you're doing, man. Yeah, you know, thank you, brother. You know, you got to be careful what you wish for, you know, because, yeah. you know, sometimes you get it and you go, eh, is this it? You know, I mean, I know for me, <laughs> I, I, yeah. you know, I was like, is this it? You know, and I've been yeah. blessed. I mean, I've, you know, I've had my own yeah. series. I've been in, you know, Academy Award. Yeah. I've, you know, I've been blessed. And, and, you know, when I was in New York producing a, a film and I had the loft and the money and all this stuff, and I looked around in this big ass loft and I was like, is this it? And I truly believe, you know, I got that dream and I truly believe I was putting my, my ladder against the wrong wall because that ladder would never make me fulfill me. You know, I got it, but it wasn't fulfilling. Now that I put my ladder on this wall, every time my actors call me up and go, hey, I booked that part. I got that thing. I got my SAG card. I, I'm, you know, to me, that's so much more rewarding than when I was running around. And I, you know, I, I book a little guest star on a TV show. You know, it's, it's been life-changing for me. And that's why I created this podcast, because, you know, I've been blessed here in, in the Manhattan Beach bubble for the past six years. But, you know, I'm here in my brick-and-mortar studio. You know, I can only touch so many lives here. That's why the podcast is there, so I can touch as many lives as possible, so I can get this globally, and I can have, you know, amazing guests like you on board to share your inspirational story and maybe motivate, even if it's one person and hears your story and is motivated, maybe to you know, put down the drink or, you know, really go after their dreams or, you know, whatever it may be that you inspire them to make a difference in their lives. I think that's what it's all about. You know, so I, I'm so grateful to you for coming on. I know it was last minute and I said, hey, oh, come on. Perfect, man. I, I appreciate you, man. It gives me an opportunity. Like you said, if one person, that'd be terrific, you know, but catch up and on your podcast and what you're doing, man. It's just an honor. I'm just really, I appreciate you having me. I really do. 
once this madness, once the school opens up again, I would love to have you come down and be like a guest teacher, you know, direct some actors. I'd like to sit there and watch or do a scene, whatever I could do, man. They're the guests. I'd just be honored to get out there and just see you doing your thing and trying to learn. I thought, you, you say when I'm there. All right, I'm going to take you up on that. Once all this comes down, I'm going to have you here at the studio. As easy as today happened, that will happen. We'll get together because it would be great to catch up anyway, man. Love you, brother, man. Once again, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart, jumping on, doing this. You look great. You sound great. You sound like you're in a great space. I'm proud of you, man. You did it. You know, yeah. you made that a reality. You made the dream a reality. You're yeah. a talented actor, writer, producer, director. You've done it, man. You made you made that dream happen. So, you know, you're such an inspiration to me and, and to other actors out there that they can do this. I mean, you did it. I, what, how old were you when you got out, when you came to Hollywood? Shit, I was probably... Uh... When I got here, yeah, 30, 37. 37. So now, 37, you get into the game. 37 years old. I get actors like, oh, I'm 18. And, you know, I feel like I'm getting into the game too late or whatever. I'm like, come on. You got into the game at 37, and you've had a brilliant career. You know, you've worked with A-list. Who are some of your favorite directors you've worked with? Oh, I had some good times, man. I mean, uh, you know, we did the movie with Robert Redford. We had this military prison movie we spent three months in nashville called last castle with rod lurie yeah. he was he got to do a little piece in munich with steven spielberg he was he was like a little kid with a camera like you know just it was such you know because you think oh a director and all that stuff and he was just uh fun to watch him do his thing you know and a couple of pieces i did on his films and ted demi was a beautiful guy god bless he's he did blow and Monument have the second film I was in and life with Eddie Murphy. He he was just a great spirit. He passed too young, but I mean every one of them I learned from, you know, it's just really, really um, you know, it's just beautiful just yeah. to be able to just know looking back because more happened for me out here than I ever would have expected. So if I went home right now and started digging ditches again, you know, I'm still grateful that it's a, you know, it's like you said. You made the dream a reality. Yeah, man. Check. Done. <laughs> box. That box is checked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of you, brother. I love you. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Once this passes, I'm going to see you soon. All Thanks. right? Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Man. It's my honor, brother. Be good. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Please rate, review, share this with your friends. Subscribe if you haven't. Please take whatever you get from here, the golden nuggets, and apply them to your career. Go after your dreams with passion. Don't let anybody tell you it can't be done. I believe in you. Follow your dreams. I'll see you in Hollywood.